Good afternoon, welcome to the Market Wrap for ABW for February the 11th, 2022. Stuart Williamson here at the helm. Still here in Dubai, no photographs of the Burj, can't get any pictures out there, too windy again. Why are we doing this? Because we like to try and keep our clients involved and in the picture as to what's going on in the UK property market. If you get a chance, subscribe and like, that's what it's all about. So the question is, with all this negative press around at the moment about buy-to-let, is the UK buy-to-let market really dead? I've been asked this by quite a few clients and okay, not dead perhaps, but mortally wounded or torpedoed before the waterline, whatever you want to say. Looking at um, the Tory graph today, uh, there's a great headline, Landlord Loopholes, the most tax efficient ways to invest your buy-to-let. And underneath it, it said, new regulations will bring further pain for property investors. Okay, so what does that mean? It means they're bringing in new legislation that can make it make it difficult to make money in buy-to-let. So is it time to get out or is it time to think of something completely different, as Monty Python would say. So let's look at the negatives first. Okay, no doubt about it. Since 2015, the UK buy-to-let market has had a proper shoeing. Okay, let's just look at what your average buy-to-let landlord has been through during that period. Okay, in 2016, there was a change to stamp duty, which basically said if you're buying a second home or an investment property, that you had to pay 3% surcharge. For international investors, people who are living overseas who are buying, doesn't matter what nationality, they then added an extra 2% a few years later. So now you've got 5% if you're buying from overseas. In 2017, that was followed up by changes to the Section 24 rules, which basically meant if you owned a property in your own name, which everyone did in those days uh, for tax purposes, then we're going to lose our wear and tear benefits allowance and um, also Myra's mortgage interest relief at source, offsetting uh, your mortgage interest against your rent, you claim it back. So that's what, what occurred, and um, that was all over the UK, uh, not just uh, England, but Scot- Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, and so on. Um, and basically it was phased in, and what it meant was a lot of people who were on, say, £60,000 income, could well have lost 50, 50% of their their earnings, you know, which was a terrible, terrible body blow. And then to add to that, it's costing you more, so it's taking people out of the market to buy in. So people are starting to think twice about it. Then you have the rent, the Brexit agreement or non-agreement, as whatever view you have, that pounded the pound and made it much more expensive to bring things into the country to refurb. 2019. The government bans tenant fees, and what that basically was was where you could, where where estate agents would charge tenants money to take on a tenancy, and that was like cash a cash lump sum. Um, so what did the, the agency do? They just passed it on to the landlord, said we're losing this money. So the landlord passed it on to the tenant. So really, it made no difference, and the government shot itself in the foot. Higher rent ensued. So then we had COVID. And COVID obviously has been a terrible thing for everyone. You know, one of the things the government brought in was the tenant ban, which basically said, if you've got a tenant you can't afford to pay, you've just got to let them stay. But to balance it out, they offered mortgage holidays 
for, for landlords, which is not really very good because you have that, it goes on your credit rating and it wasn't a great thing. So another thing to think, well, should I be in this? Now, what a lot of people have said is the final nail in the coffin is EPC certificates. EPC certificates are basically, they started off at grade E, everyone had to have them if you're gonna rent a property out. From 2025, they're going up to C, and then from 2030, everyone must have a C or above to be a, a buy-to-let landlord. As we've seen at Market Wrap before, it's absolutely crazy. No one knows what these changes are, and no one knows how to do them. The costs are humongous, and the benefits are very low, so it's a complete nonsense. But that is the government philosophy, and that's what we have to abide by. Hopefully, it'll change. So let's look at what's positive about buying buy-to-let after all that negativity. I mean, the fundamentals are strong. You know, when I was growing up, I started working on property when I was about probably 10 years old. My parents were working on their places. I was cheap labor. My brother bought his first house, I think at 19. I bought mine at 25. It was ingrained into you. Get on the housing ladder. That's changed a lot now. Um, Margaret Thatcher enthused it because she was a, a grocery um, daughter of a grocer and her view was you know buy property and she sold off all the council housing which turned out to be a major mistake but in the height of her reign it was 80% of people owned their own homes now it's 52% in the UK 52% uh, it's a huge drop okay and we also were we're the house owners of Europe that's actually not true in the EU, the average is much higher, apart from countries like Germany, France, Switzerland, and so on. It's just that the whole demographics have changed. The way ownership has been done, it hasn't changed that much. The average age of first-time buyers, for example, has risen. So people are now renting for a lot longer, just like they do on the continent. And according to the Institute of Fiscal, Fiscal Studies, home ownership among young adults has halved in the last 20 years. So you're getting a lot more younger people, which is the bulk of the population, and the middle-aged people, a big large part, are renting for longer. So the rental market is actually increasing, okay? Renting is becoming more than normal than, the, than buying. And you know, my son, my eldest son in the UK, he lives in a rental, rather have, have an 18-inch TV, let the landlord deal with it, he says. So let's just look at demographics for a second, extrapolating on that. You know, a lot of the population growth in the UK has been through inward migration. Okay, that stopped during COVID and it stuttered a bit during Brexit. The people who come into the country are much more likely to live in rented accommodation because than people born in the UK because they're basically a lot poorer. They come from backgrounds that did rent and didn't buy. Foreign board individuals have significantly lower ownership rates, apparently. In the UK, it's 43%, so 10% less. Okay, UK-born people more likely to have homes, 69%, apparently. And that was an earlier figure. Of those living in rental accommodation, most people born abroad are in the private rented sector, and they're much less likely to live in new-built houses because they haven't got the money. You know, they come in and do the jobs that a lot of... British people are not willing to do the more basic jobs. Okay, so what about rental trends? Are they positive or negative? Let's look at today's Super Report. How up to date is that? Fresh off the, the press, so to speak. UK annual rental growth for new lets rose 8.3% in 
in Q4. As demand gains momentum and amid chronic shortage of supplies, there's no houses to rent, so it's up 8.4%. But at the same time, let's not look at this as a bubble because the average earner was putting 37% of their rent, their money into rent compared to the 10-year average, which is 36%. So it's still an average. London rents were up by 10%, but it only equates to an £18 increase year on year because they dropped so much. UK rental demand is up 76% in January compared to similar periods between 2018-2021. Cumulative rental growth is 12% higher over the last five years, okay, which is slightly under the rise in average hourly earnings payments during that period. So we're seeing a great um, still increase in rental incomes. I mean, you look at places like Nottingham and it's nearly nine percent so there's a lot of demand for rental property still so it still is a good market for that let's look at the commodity itself land now as far back as anyone can remember land has been seen as the most valuable asset uh, a commodity rather uh, excuse me an idea that mark twain captured in his simple quote buy land they are not making it anymore i mean that's not entirely true because here in dubai places like bahrain they are making land but not in the uk in 2019, 56 million people lived in urban areas in the UK, 82% of the population, and 9.6 million in rural. But 85% of the land is actually rural. So it's a major disparity. We are a urban people. We want to live in the cities. Look at housing supply, how much is being built. When Nigel Farage famously said during his Brexit drinking binge, he said that new, a new house needs to be built every seven minutes to keep up with supply. Then that, that's not entirely true, but it's very close. This year, the government and the Confederation of British Industry stated 340,000 houses needed to be built, of which 145,000 need to be affordable, i.e. replacing the council houses that are sold off. But of that, okay, COVID affected, less than a third were built, but before COVID, they were only building two thirds. So it's still way behind what should be occurring. What are the benefits of buying property now? Gearing. What other investment class can you gear? Put 30% in, borrow 70%, try it with a stock portfolio, get ready for the margin call. Inflation hedge, inflation is at 5.7% at the moment. So your cash is shrinking by that this year. Get it into property, it appreciates. It's protected. Market trends, this is a great quote. Um, Nationwide Building Society said that from two, th oh God, no, from, from, 1952 to 2017, prices went from £1,500 to 211000 for a house. That's a 7.5% increase every year, which means it's doubling more in every 10 years. Now, it's coming from a very low base, and it's not like to happen again. But in some areas, you can invest and do very, very well. How can we tax plan? SPVs, use them. Currently, low interest rates. They're going to go up for sure, but still super low. Use them, get a lock-in if you want to. Title lending controls by the Bank of England have mean that the stress testing, and I know a gentleman doubted it was the case in my last talk last week, stress testing is way above the current interest rates. And so that will avoid another crash. It's been far better than the global financial crisis when everyone was already on the limit when it hit. So there's been a lot of problems with buy-to-let. It's been difficult, but there's still a lot of very good positives out there.
So have a look at hot places around the UK. You can see them by just doing a bit of research and looking where is the industry growing, where is where have you got high employment growth, where have you got high occupancy of properties, where do you have a real economic drive going on that's going to give you good capital appreciation in the future. You know, as I always say, that's not Whitby. You know, that's in places where you've got great industry going on. So look for it, get some advice. That's it. Thank you very much for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. It's my last one from Dubai. So uh, I'll see you next week. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.